Welcome, this is Sheridan Nelson, and welcome to the Growth Channel. I'm delighted that you have chosen to spend some time with us today, and I hope that this episode will be worth your time and worth the investment of your time today. Here we believe life is not simply meant for you to go through, but to grow through. And I'm excited to have part two of um, a continuation of a conversation with Bruce Van, who was with us in our last episode where we talked about how much we hate debt. Um, in this episode, we're going to get us some business. Get you some business is the title of our episode today. And we're going to dive into a conversation about entrepreneurship. So stay tuned. Let's enjoy. Get your pen and your pad ready and let's get ready to grow. Well, again, Bruce, I want to welcome you to the Growth Channel. Thank you for coming back for a continued conversation and a follow-up to an earlier conversation that we were having about debt. Mm -hmm. And we're going to spin off of that conversation and dive into something that I know you're very passionate about, and I am as well when it comes to the whole notion of entrepreneurship. Sure. Um, you have an interesting take when it comes to entrepreneurship as also a potential strategy for um, debt liquidation. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk more about that um, in this episode. For all of our listeners and viewers, I hope you're ready to grow um, and hope you're ready to have your mind expanded um, in terms of what could be possible for you um, in your future and in your life. I am concerned um, in, about this topic for several reasons. One, historically, I don't think as African-Americans, we have talked about this enough. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know, you know, it has been our tradition, and I'm speaking for me and my family, that, you know, we were always um, advocated to go to college, you know, do well by your education, get you some education, go to college. My parents invested in my college and my um, um, college years, and I'm grateful for that. But, you know, the whole mindset was go to college, get you a degree, mm -hmm. you know, and then get a good job, mm -hmm. you know, and then work on that job um, and potentially retire from that job and then, you know, enjoy your retirement. So go get a job, stay there 20, 30, 40 years, um, and hopefully, you know, they, they would pay you decent, pay yeah. you well, um, get a family, get a house, and all of that kind of stuff. And then at some point you would retire um, when, it was, when it was your time. Yep. But never um, was I encouraged to, after getting my college degree or whatever, to look at opportunities, look at ways of going into business for myself. That really wasn't a conversation mm -hmm. um, that we talked about much. Um, it became something that I had a knack for that some of the ventures that I ended up doing and tried and experimented with was out of just my own ethos um, of developing and growing, but it wasn't something that I was really encouraged to do mm -hmm. um, coming out of college. It just wasn't something that we talked about. Um, Explain for me, you know, what kind of began your entrepreneurial, what gave you the entrepreneurial itch? And where did you start getting this knack for, you know, business and business development? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur. I remember when I was seven years old and I had $10, I would try to... Uh, <laughs> To flip that and make some more money off of it or, or sell candy. In high school, I sold candy and drinks so I didn't have to get a job, mm -hmm. uh, make some money every day. 
uh, doing that. So once I got the taste of that, I was like, oh, I got to find a way back to this okay. <laughs> when I when I when I get to be an adult, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that was that's 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 sort of what what started. Um, so you've been hustling. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I've been there, and I and I, I wouldn't even say that I'm most necessarily hustling. Right, right, right. I'm not. I wouldn't even say I'm necessarily a very good uh, entrepreneur, but I figured out a couple of things. Uh, okay. From making some some good and some bad decisions along mm-hmm. the way, so mm-hmm. hopefully we can uh, we we'll talk through that. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm excited and, to dive into some and, of that and, today, uh, and yeah, just figure it out from there. Okay. Um, I know one of the you know one of the books that I read early on that had some impact on me was a book entitled The Jewish Phenomena. Mm-hmm. And in this book, the author lays out, I think it's about maybe eight to 10 core principles or core values or philosophies that Jews have. And one of those um, philosophies that they have is along with education and along with some other things is teaching their children um, and passing down through the generations the importance of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. That that's a philosophy that they've instilled yeah. um, in generation after generation after generation. Um, and then when we look around in our society and the world we live in today, and we wonder why Jews, uh, in particularly, um, have done so well entrepreneurially. You mm-hmm. know, from the entertainment sector, from um, you name the sector, um, and, they're and there. man, they're yeah. there. Um, yeah. And um, you know, from uh, clothing, from you name the yeah. the industry. You know, um, you have some very prominent and mm-hmm. wealthy uh, families and generations that have gone on for generation to generation to do just quite well, you know. And then I think when you look at the studies of how money circulates mm-hmm. in, in the various um, ethnic groups, yep. you know, from Jews, from Asians to Caucasians and others, the, the, the one where it circulates the least... Yeah, it's us. Yeah, yeah it happens to be with African-Americans, mm-hmm. right? Um, why... From your perspective, would you say entrepreneurship is so important? Oh man, it's it's so important um, it, for several reasons, but I would say it's most important for for us as as African Americans because we've been here for a long time. We've been mm-hmm. here longer than there's some ethnic groups that have come in America and done very well. Yeah, that have been here a shorter time than us and have done fairly well, um, we're going to be waiting forever unless we go out and make the opportunity happen for ourselves. Okay. And we just have to. Uh, ourselves, our children, our communities, all of that. We, we, we have to make this thing, uh, make something out of nothing uh, for ourselves. So that's what I would say the, real, the, the, the reason is in general, but it's especially incumbent upon us as black folks to do so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, with... The, the climate of where we are right now facing this pandemic of 2020, of the year 2020, um, with the um, corona, um, the COVID virus, um, and a lot of people are finding how um, unstable, mm-hmm. you know, their jobs have been and yeah. places where many people have been employed, you know, yeah. man, some years, you know, 20, 30 years maybe, and now finding themselves being laid off. Yeah. Um, and all of these things. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think it's lending itself to some great opportunities if we are, 
you know, doing what we talked about in the previous episode, uh-huh. getting ourselves in position right. and getting ourselves personally ready, it's an oppor- it's a it's a time where we can begin to seize yeah. Some opportunities and begin to maximize and make some really some personal pivots. Absolutely, right. Um, making some personal pivots where I've been thinking solely about, um, hey, working at getting a job, working for this company, helping to make somebody else rich, right? Um, and then I see that this company may not have the same loyalty. Yeah. To me, when it comes to the affecting the bottom line, yeah. it now requires that I maybe look at making some personal pivots in my life, and entrepreneurship becomes one of those ways. And so now, when we start talking about why it becomes important, from um, you know, from a cultural perspective and from a, uh, a personal perspective, entrepreneurship can really be an avenue of how you can begin as an individual for your family to begin to create a new cycle and build a new cycle yeah. for generational wealth. Absolutely. And then and then there's another benefit to it. You as a as a Christian, you can affect culture from, yeah. from, as an entrepreneur, right? What? Like if somebody comes along at my business, if somebody does something wrong to somebody else, I can be like, no, you can't do that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But when it wasn't my business, it was only so much I could do. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. we we don't even say think that again. About, so as a Christian, I can affect what I can affect culture. Yeah, as an entrepreneur, which we don't we don't think about enough. I I think of this as a way, and it, and maybe I'm, I'm I'm not trying to over spiritualize it, but he says, and I if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Okay, I'm trying to lift Christ up as in the an marketplace. Yeah. yeah, in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And if I if if I can do that and multiply that across that that that, that banner of Christ across several other businesses and other and support other entrepreneurs in their path then shoot we just affected the culture we're changing the culture exactly yeah yeah i've heard um a gentleman tell me one time an older gentleman tell me he's when it came to doing some economic and community development he said uh sheridan you can't change what you don't own yeah (laughs) so if you want to change the community hey you need to start buying up yeah. You know, um, these rundown houses, um, these drug-infested, you know, apartment yeah. buildings. If you want to see crime, you know, you, you can't change what you don't own, yeah. right? And and we see that happening. In, you know, when we come and look at gentrification, mm-hmm. what happens? Other people and other groups start coming into the neighborhoods, buying it up. Yeah. And next thing you know, they start changing it. Yep, whatever to whatever they thought of. Yeah, to whatever they thought of <laughs> yeah. because they own it, they start changing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think that's a good point in terms of how we as Christians can change the culture and affect the marketplace. That now, when I own the business, and it's my, you know, it's my business, I can now begin to instill Christian values and principles, and even being the light of Christ. Exactly. In the marketplace. Exactly. Awesome. That's that's a great yeah. that's that's a great point. Now, where after you understand why entrepreneurship is important from being able to affect the culture, from the potential of building generational wealth, and um, and we can go on talking about the benefits of what it means to be employed. You know, um, mm-hmm. in, you know. Um, Self-employed, employed for yourself, um, and then I think it it, it it goes back to our previous conversation of also the added benefit of what it does for me from a tax mm-hmm. advantage and purposes. There, all of those things um, 
just begin to play into why it's important for us to consider entrepreneurship and begin now begin to look for ways. I'm hoping that from our conversation and discussion that somebody listening and viewing, um, really the Holy Spirit will just begin to move Mm -hmm. and just begin to give them insights where they can begin to tap into um, skills, talents, and gifts and begin to see, you know, what opportunities that they have that can um, really be used in in, in that way. Um, So, you know, one of the things that I think... uh, helped me and really opened me up to some some possibilities that I haven't even considered was looking for ways to become an entrepreneur, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So um, we let's talk about some of the ones that we traditionally know of, okay. right? Or routes to entrepreneurship. Yep. And then I want to dive into more uh, in just a little bit about something that you're doing right now mm-hmm. as a way of entrepreneurship that I really wasn't familiar with uh-huh. until you kind of introduced it to me. Okay. So, so, so let's talk. What are some of the ways somebody say, "Hey, okay, I'm, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm watching this episode, and okay, I want to get started as an entrepreneur." What are some of the traditional ways, or what some yeah. of the ways somebody can go about doing it? All right. So, the traditional way of being an entrepreneur is the traditional way is uh, is to go out and start something from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, or and and that is, in my opinion, the hardest way. It is it's it's very it's it's tough unless you have um, really good relationships with who your with your customers when you start it. It's really tough to do that uh, because you won't necessarily know how to how much somebody's willing to pay for your good or your service. You won't necessarily know how much it's going to cost you in the beginning. Over time, you're probably going to get better. And the gap between what somebody's going to pay you and what it's going to cost you is probably going to grow, so you can make more profit from there. But in the beginning, it's very tough, and so it's there's a tough. high mortality rate um, of of uh, of small businesses that Failing. people start. Yeah. Okay. A high failure rate. Okay. Of small businesses that people start, um, and that is one route. You can another route. You can go to sort of curb some of that mortality, I mean, some of that failure rate is to go through uh, like a franchise. Franchise, Which yeah, is a so. mixed thing of depending on who you, it's, it, depending on who you do decide to franchise with, that's a route to go. Um, but it's a mixed uh, bag because some of them are more so like you're a just a glorified general manager and some of them <laughs> you really are actually you actually do own this stuff and you have some some equity in mm-hmm. in it um, and power but in all of them you can bet the real power is going to be with the franchisee mm-hmm. or I'm sorry with the franchisor uh-huh uh-huh, um, uh-huh and not with you as the franchisee that's that's just the nature of how that relationship goes um so the the first route, of course, is to go start from scratch. It takes a whole lot of luck. It can be it can be very expensive. The second route is you 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 sub, you lose a lot of your power. Um, with going the franchise route, yeah, going, going the franchise, uh, yeah, route. Which but you can do it. Some people do it and they do very well at it. Um, I didn't do that. The third route is to go entrepreneurship through acquisition. We call it ETA. ETA. Yep. All right. ETA. We learned a new business term yeah. today. ETA. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. ETA. Tell us more about ETA. So I'll I'll, I'll tell you. I'll 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 start with my. We'll tell you where I was with my story. So okay. There was yeah. a point where I was. So I I did all that stuff that you said. I went to school, busted my hump, did really good at VCU. Um, then went to go work in the market, busted my hump some more, 
and then I went uh, to, to get an MBA from a top school. Mm-hmm. Great, great school, great program at UVA over there. And I went, went to work for a, corporate, for a corporation. Following the traditional route. Following the traditional route. Yeah. Finally got... I, did all this shucking and jiving to get chose. I'm, please be like, please choose me, please, please, please choose me, <laughs> and uh, and they chose me. And then after a while, they were like, Nah, we don't like you because you're not like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you culturally, you're not like us. You don't think like us. Sometimes you. I even had my boss tell me I wasn't American. I didn't. I wasn't. See, uh, yeah. Little 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 yeah. ways that they try to to, to make yeah. sure that you understand. Yeah, you, you ain't one of us. Right. All right. Right. So. Right. That's what I experienced, and so then I was let go after three years. Fortunately, right, right, like a month after I paid off all of my debt, a month after it, um, I had just turned thirty. That's when I was let go. <laughs> wow! And, and and I just, I mean, the genius of how all of it came together. I mean, some of you might have to go back to listen to our previous episode um, of how. Your contentment and discipline played off yeah. because one, you didn't know what the future held uh-huh. in terms of going to be getting laid off of a job yep. um, or let go from not laid off, yeah, but let go, know, let yeah. go, yeah. <laughs> let go from a job. Yeah. But it just happened to align at the same time. You just tackled ninety thousand dollars of debt. Yeah. So man, even I mean, so now you can ride out um, or you know take your time with trying to figure out what's next because you just ain't. I mean, you just got this weight off your shoulder. Exactly. Yeah, man, that's 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 God, man. It was. It was his timing. He, every step of the way, even the uncomfortable places. Absolutely. He I, he was there the whole time. Yeah. I'm screaming at him. Where are you? Where yeah, are you? Yeah. Yeah. And, there, and he's and he's and he's right there uh, with me at every step of the way. So I, I I did that, and then I floundered in my career for a while. I tried entrepreneurship through the traditional route. I tried to start something that was like a pickup service for uh, for dry cleaning. That didn't work out. Something you started on your own. I started that on okay. my own. Okay. I think I made like twenty dollars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was whatever it was, it was embarrassingly small. Um so then I went back to work for somebody else, and I went back to work twice uh for people. Uh, and they they got rid of me. After a while, they just they just got rid of me. I, I think one of my problems is I integrate everything that I see. And there are certain worldviews and perspectives you cannot have or hold in certain in, settings. In certain segments. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, if they smell it on you, they'd be like, mm, we don't mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, what it was. And I also think it was just the hand of the Lord bringing me to the point where I could buy my own business. And so then I got to a point where I said, okay, well, I'm not going uh, – clearly I cannot work for anybody else. And I've saved up <laughs> a little bit of money for myself. Let me see if I can go out here and do what's called my own leverage buyout. Now, this it, it does use debt, but it uses debt in a different way than what we would traditionally think, think of debt. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the, what people don't really understand is exactly the same way. And I didn't know this until business school. And even after business school, I forgot it because it's so rare if you come from if you come from a family that is working, used to working for others for generations. Yeah. They don't even think yeah, about this. Yeah. yeah. I want to help break that cycle. Like. Just like you go and you buy a house, you do a leverage buyout for a house. You say, all right, I have this for the down payment, and this is the note for the house. The same way you do that, you can do that for any business. I want our listeners to get that. I want everybody here to get that. I want you to say that again. 
All right, sure. I'll say it again. <laughs> Just like you go and do a leveraged buyout, this is a private equity term, is the buzzword. Just like you go and you do a leveraged buyout for a house. Just like you buy a house. Yep. You Just like save, you buy a house. Put a down payment. All of that. You yep. You can do the exact same thing for a business, and sometimes. It just like in the, if you come from the military, sometimes you can buy houses with no down payment. Yeah, absolutely. Some people can buy businesses with no down payment. There's a guy named uh, Gordon Bazaar, and it, you should, anybody who's listening to this should actually go and listen to his his story of how he bought his first business. He bought his first business with none of his own money down. He wow. did this thing where he he maneuvered the financing of the company. It it was ingenious. I had to watch it like two or three times. Wow. But there's wow. there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. And so what we don't realize a lot of times is the people who go here and they buy these things and you when you see people groups, right? Like uh, any people group, whether it be Jews or Asians or any or, or Arabs or anything like that, that come in and they and they start to make these certain progresses toward entrepreneurship, they don't do that by mistake, they do it with the intention. Okay, this is where I'm at right now. I'm going to crawl forward here. I'm going to mm-hmm. move this there. I'm going to do this, that, this, that, the other. Um, we got to be very intentional about, about our time uh, when we, if we want that to happen for us, mm-hmm. because there's stuff out there, and there's and what people don't, what the people also time often also oftentimes don't know is there are a lot of small businesses that are for sale. A lot of them are run by these aging baby boomers who mm-hmm. are ready to retire, who are ready to retire, or have to retire for health reasons. Right, and they may be selling it, and and the and the variation for pricing for these things is is wild. I, and I'll give you a, a quick example. Okay, there's a business. There's a there is a, a a business a roofing business. And I won't say the names of these two businesses. There's a roofing business in Virginia that's for sale for 1.75 million. Okay, 1.75 million. And it's we'll say that the cash flow of that business is about five hundred thousand. We'll, we'll say, I think it's something around. What that. is cash flow? Okay, cash flow is how much cash the business actually brings out after you. How much paid you made after you paid all everything? All of that. It, it's five hundred thousand. There is another business in another state, like somewhere out in the Midwest, that is exa- almost the exact same size, actually a little bit bigger. That is a million dollars less in price. So that gives you some idea. It's not like the housing market has the housing market has sort of stable prices or you understand what the prices are because there's all this stuff going on around it. The stock market prices, we understand what the prices are because there's all this stuff going on around it, this robust market. When it comes to small businesses, it is not like that. It's the Wild West. Okay. So you can buy something far less than what it's worth or you can buy something far more than it's worth, worth. depending on how you finance it. So tell us um, about how you, how you um, employed this process of ETA. Did I get it right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You um, got it right. Yes, sir. Um, of ETA to acquire your business. Sure. So, so now that, you know, because I know when you first explained it to me, I had a kind of a moment like, well, you did what? You know, I was familiar with the first couple of ways, you know, go out, hey, I can paint, 
I can do whatever. This is my skill and my talent. So let me, you know, get me an LLC, yeah. you know, and just start grinding, right. you know, trying to, you right. know, build up my clientele. Build yeah. up. I, I was familiar with that. I was familiar with franchising, um, you know, in terms of it was some that I've personally kind of looked at at some point of, you know, hey, going that route of trying to acquire a franchise, right? Uh, but this concept, uh-huh. you know, I wasn't quite as familiar with in terms of how you could go about it this way. So um, so now you, there are businesses that you can acquire. There uh-huh. are businesses that you can buy. Yep. Um, so just like you, you said, just like you can buy a house, you can um, buy a business. Yep. So now I know in, in buying the house world, there are real estate sites I can go to. Yep. You know, and look up, you know, I can go pull up, you know, certain sites, you know, realtor.com, and I can see all the houses in whatever area I'm looking at, Zillow, whatever I'm using to buy houses. So you're saying that there, I can look at businesses the same way. Exactly. Yep. Exactly all right. So tell us way. a little bit more about how, okay, just kind of walk us through the, like? the big stadium, what the process is like. All right. So I'll, I'll tell you my, uh, I'll tell you the process. So first you go out and you're like, I want to buy a business. So there's two ways to do that. Okay. One, you can talk to somebody you know, or you can like talk to somebody for a business that's not on the market. Um, that takes a lot more work. You got to beat the bushes of your network and find something that's there, and it, that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go on the, any one of these sites like uh, Biz Buy Sell, uh, Murphy Small Business, uh, Light and Raphael. Uh, there's all kinds of brokers where businesses have been listed anonymously. We can't tell the names of the businesses. But we can see what the asking price is, what the industry is generally, uh, what the cash flow is of the business, and then and you talk to you reach out to the broker for any other information um, about the business. So then it's just a matter of shopping and saying, all right, for this amount of business, how much uh, cash flow am I going to get if I were to get it? Um, and then you ask, a, there's just a whole litany of other questions. And so what you do is you reach out to the broker. And I know the brokerage part. I've, I've done some of the uh, uh, seeking for businesses that aren't for sale. And I found it a, a, to be a bit challenging um, in that route, particularly as a black man, mm-hmm. um, because we don't have certain networks. It's not like I, we come from networks where a whole bunch of us just own a bunch of small businesses. Right, right. right. So, um, so I went the broker, uh, broker's route. And looked at a whole bunch of companies, um, asked questions about them. The first thing that the brokers are going to do is ask you, hey, all right, prove to me how much money you have. Okay. They're going to give you something. Not sign, you sign a non-disclosure agreement so that when you know the name of the business and all these other financials about it, that you're not going to tell it to anybody. And the other thing is going to, they're going to ask you for some uh, buyer's profile uh, of what your personal financial statement is. Mm-hmm. They, you, they do that to weed people out. Sure. Don't, don't mind that. And I'm not saying that anybody should 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 lie on that, but if you have if you have access to capital somewhere else, if you can make the what you think is the down payment for a business, then you should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so figure out whatever you think that actually is. Like let's say for example, I'll give you an example. Let's say you can buy a million dollar business. You find a business that's a million dollar business, and you know with SBA financing, which is Small Business Administration, administration financing. You uh, back by it's backed by the Small Business Administration, but you go through a bank. You can d- put as little as ten percent down. All right, and you say I can get 
$100,000 for my, myself and my friends and my family or something like that. Put it together. You put that, mm-hmm. put that amount on the, uh, on the broker, uh, on that sheet for the broker, and then they're going to give you this document that says it's called a CIM. It's a confidential something memorandum, information memorandum. It's generally maybe 20 pages. It's the overview of the business. It's the projections. It's why they think this is worth this certain asking price uh, uh, of the business. And from there, you look at past year's cash flows, and there's a whole bunch of stuff you look at. You look at things like whether or not you think it's stable and all of that, but you weed things out. Just like okay. just like you would weed out houses, the, the, the takeaway is just like you weed out houses, you can weed out businesses. And just like a seller of a house may weed out sellers and be like, I don't want to sell to that person, they can do the same thing with For you the as a uh-huh. buyer. Uh-huh. Um, then you have a conversation with the uh, with the broker and the and or the owner, um, and they get a feel for you. You probably go out and you see the, the company, um, and then what you do what you do is you submit what's called or at least I the way that I did it was I submitted what's called an LOI or letter of intent. Mm-hmm. And I like mine. There are, there are examples out there, but I like mine very short and simple because these people are running businesses. They don't want to read a 25, 30 page document that's written in legalese. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with a two-page document and said, this is what I'm going to offer. These are the terms. This blah, 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 blah. I want this amount of such and such and blah, 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 these stipulations with it. If this is acceptable to you, you accept it. So when I bought or when I first initiated the offer for Lux out, I had put offers on other companies and stuff just wasn't working out. I got to Lux out. I mean, I started searching in October of 2018. I got... I finally found Lux out in July of 2019, and I didn't finish negotiating the terms until November of 2019, and then I didn't even get to close on the business until until Valentine's Day of 2020. Wow. Okay. So it takes a long time and a lot of persistence. Like this is not something a person can just halfway do. You you really have to be intentional about it, and that whole ask, seek, and knock thing. Is very, very serious sick. here. Yeah. You, you just you have to do it, um, but uh, but it is doable. But I mean, and that's what I want our uh, audience to get is that it is possible. Very much so. It is possible, and it could be more possible than what many can actually are probably even thinking it is. Absolutely. Possible. And I wanted to drop that seed and plant that seed yeah. into somebody that's listening today. That man, this could be possible for me. Yeah, this could be possible. Um, and I want you to, it's something that I think that, man, I thought, you know, when you shared it with me was kind of a, a, a aha moment is when you say more about Lux out is you actually bought a business that you didn't even know anything oh, about, yeah. about what it does. Uh-huh. You know, and I think, um, <laughs> which was like, I was saying, I, I was like, what? You know, how, why would you do that? Why, you know, um, because just traditionally when we think about businesses and owning businesses and operating businesses, we think about something that we're familiar with doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, and, and 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 for you, it that's not the case. Yeah. So if you think about it, right? If we we were talking about uh, Tesla stock and Apple stock, mm-hmm. neither you nor I know how to make a Tesla car or, or an iPhone. No, we don't know the first no. thing about it. Get me but besides if, putting gas in the car and that's about all I can do. Yeah, but if you but if we invested in there, we would have ownership, some level of ownership, small, but some level of ownership in the company. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to 
you don't have to understand the nuts and bolts of the of the company in order to uh, in order to um, own it. And I, I would argue you don't really have to do do understand it, but so much in order to run it, um, and, and 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 run it and operate it as the as the uh, the owner CEO, and that's what I think. Where people may get hung up on that they fact, do. yeah. But it's I know like, I was hung up there. But it's yeah. not. It's it, it's. But it's not really actually. It, it's not. It's just, it's really like. Um, if you think about it. Let's let me give you a good example. Steve Jobs. He started Apple right when it was really small. In mm-hmm. the beginning, I'm certain he knew, especially as obsessive as he was, I'm certain that he knew how to do everybody's job. Mm-hmm. But Apple grew to a certain point where he had to be like, "All right, well, I can't do every person's job and specialty to this degree, but I can manage them and I know how to delegate." And my and his job then became putting the right people mm-hmm. in place up under him and giving them the right focus and incentives to keep his business going. And that's really what you what in my opinion that's really Successful what you want. Mm-hmm. That's really what you want is, is knowing how to de- delegate. So I mean I, I don't know how to make a stage curtain. I, I've never made a stage curtain in my life or shade. I'm just learning. I'm just telling my people right this week. Hey, I'm going to be out in. The, I'm, I put an order for for shades for our own <laughs> shades. I want to see the nuts and bolts of how we actually make these particular shades that are going going to go in my house. But before that, I didn't know how to do it. What I did know was all right. It's going to do this amount, or it's done this amount of business. This is what the margin has been. This that the other blah blah blah. I knew a bunch of the nuts and bolts of the math uh-huh. and the finance behind it, which is really where people mess up. Where Absolutely, that's, that's what really, most businesses fail. I, and I'll give yeah. you, I'll give you a perfect example. There is, I know, I know of a business where. These guys have been in this business for like 30 years. I won't even say what the business is. They have been in their business for 30 years doing it over and over again. And their dad, they got the business from their dad. And they bought the business, they bought a, I'm sorry, and they bought a competitor with a line of credit, which was a financial mistake. Mm-hmm. And But they didn't know it. But it was a financial mistake because they, they used what was short-term debt financing for a long-term asset, something that like they should have bought it with an SBA loan, which would have been out for like 10 years, but they had they bought it with something that they would have to pay back in a year mm-hmm. or a year and a half mm-hmm. or something like that. But if you don't understand the financial piece of it, then then you can't manage, it doesn't matter how well you manage the operations. Right, right. And, and so, and the, and the reality is the financial piece, as much as, as scary as it may sound to some people, it really is just a matter of sitting down and doing like Jesus said and counting the cost. And counting the cost. That's ninety yeah. percent of it. Right. Right. And and and, and so much of, so many of us don't do it. Right. But it, that but that's it. It's really it's it's at least so far, it's that simple. Wow. Um, what would you, as we kind of begin to wrap up, um, say to the person that's inquisitive? This episode has kind of pricked you know their heart and kind of opened up. To something now that's like, hey, um, this could be possible. What would you suggest? Where would you point them? What would you suggest they read? Um, any books out there yeah. um, to learn more about ETA? Uh-huh. Um, what would you suggest their next steps be? Yeah, there's. Um, uh, I would suggest no matter where this person finds themselves, I would suggest that they join a website called uh, searchfunder.com. 
Um, and that is an online community of people who are like really practicing ETA where you can get advice because a lot of times what you find is you go and try to do something and you may face a problem and somebody else has already solved that problem in a way that you would have never even thought of. So you don't have to go and reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. You can read from their experiences and get some wisdom from that. That is important. The second the thing that I would suggest, anybody who's really like, I think I may want to do this, they spend $20 and just buy what's called the uh, Harvard Business Review. Um, it's the HBR Guide to Buying a Small Business. That is the best resource I have found that walks you through every single step of the process from if you start out with no money at all, mm-hmm. they, they, they tell you, all right, this is how you raise um, the, the, the equity for the business or the, the, the cash from mm-hmm. investors. This okay. is how you get them. This is how you hit, make it attractive to them. And you can also do it. And they also walk you through how to uh, raise any sort of debt that the business okay. will have. Okay. Um, and how to, they just soup the nuts. I, those two resources, I would say, searchfunder.com and the HBR Searchfunder.com and the Harvard Business Review Guide to Harvard's Acquiring business a Small Review Business. Guide for Acquiring a Small Business. Yep. Two resources that they yep. need to add. And I would say one other thing you got to have. don't The person has to ask questions and not be afraid to look stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we will sit there... And say, well, I'm not going to ask that because then I'm going to look stupid. And not the, no, 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 no. Even if you have to ask a dumb question, just ask it. Or what you feel like is a dumb question. If a person goes and they ask it, you want to ask as many questions as you can for everything. Because the whole the whole goal in, in this world, in this ETA world, is to find a good acquisition. And the more questions you ask, the more you figure out something you may not have, have even thought of. Yeah, that's good. That's so. good. Well, man, I want to thank you for that, man. No I want to thank you for... Um, this conversation, this much needed and important conversation um, as it relates to entrepreneurship. And I'm hoping um, from our conversation today that there are viewers and there are listeners out here who are really um, being motivated um, to begin to get them some business. Yeah. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts you want to share? No, that's it. I think we covered it. I would just say uh, it is possible. It is possible. It is. Yeah. You have to be able to tell yourself that it's possible. Like Jesus tells us, I guess this will be my closing thought, is to really take the, the words of Jesus literally and, and with all your heart. When he says this mountain can be moved, I believe the mountain can be moved. Doesn't matter if it takes a thousand years. It can be moved. I can speak to this mountain and doggone it, it's going to move. Yeah. And you have to really be that, you have to really be that hard about it in your belief the way that like the way like uh i don't know if it was nehemiah or ezra but one of them when they were building the wall nehemiah like, yeah. yeah they was yeah. like i'm not I, I don't care what happens i'm they, we're gonna have a sword in one hand yeah. and i'm gonna have a hammer yeah. in the other and we're getting this this thing done yeah doggone it yeah so i would say that and just uh just trust god in the process if you really feel in your spirit that this is what's where some if somebody believes that this is where they're leading them i would love to talk with them i'm I'm more than happy to talk with them but uh uh but really it starts it starts there with their faith what can they find you on instagram facebook what's your what's your i was given best way to get me is by uh by uh email so it's just b van b v a n n at l u x o u t dot com and i i'm it, I'm I'm all ears and will will share my my thoughts and about anybody else's journey. I'm all for building up the uh, the community. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it done. Well, man, thank you. 
Um, thank you for joining me today, man. I'm excited about this thank conversation, and I'm hoping that there are going to be some persons that will follow up with you um, because you will have great insights when it comes to this journey of entrepreneurship. So this has been the Growth Channel. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Entrepreneurship. Um, get you some business. Um, please make sure you download, make sure you like and share with others um, this conversation that we had today. Do me a huge favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Growth Channel so you can get the latest notifications that come when we uh, have new episodes that we'll be releasing. You will be in the know. Make sure you like it and make sure you share it. There's somebody you know that needs this conversation um, and they can begin to envision what's possible for their lives. Thank you. And we will be back with another exciting episode. And we, until then, keep growing and keep making things possible.